Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. Amen. So since I haven't taught this in about 30 days, so I got a small, I'm going to do a little small recap or recapitulation on what we talked about, and then, then we're going to catch up on some things. Most of us are familiar with Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. I'm going to paraphrase so we don't turn there for the sake of time. No, 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 no. We forgot our confession. Oh, my birth, my birth, my birth, my birth. We forgot our confession. So we got to do our confessions first. Amen? Y'all ready for the confessions? Y'all know y'all missed them, right? <laughs> All right. Oh, righteous Father. Thank you for separating me to receive great grace and great power. Fill us with the knowledge of your will. In all wisdom. And spiritual understanding. My heart is good ground and cannot be infiltrated or penetrated with the devil's seed. I am a contagious carrier of the power, the purpose, the passion, and the potential of God. I believe you will supply. All of my needs, according to your riches, in glory by Christ Jesus. Therefore, I am not need-based. I am not need-based. I am a supplier. I am not man-centered. I am God-centered. I am not an orphan. I am a son. I am the redeemed. I am blood washed. I am holy. I am righteous. I am an overcomer. In Jesus' name, amen, somebody. These are our confessions. Confess these things over your life, amen. All right, let's get back to it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it gives us a, a summary of what God brought to the church. Uh, he called them. Uh, they are, well, what we uh, usually call them are the ascension gifts, the ascension gifts. The reason we call them ascension gifts is because before Jesus ascended, he gave these gifts. He called them apostles, amen. He called them, them prophets. He called them evangelists. He called them shepherds and teachers. It was five of them. These gifts were given by Jesus Christ for one specific reason, and that's to equip the church so that the church would not continue to be babes. So in other words, until we get to the full stature of Christ, in other words, the maturity of Christ, the many becoming one, we becoming the body of Christ, him being the head. So he gave the apostles, he gave the prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for one reason only. They weren't those gifts. These gifts are not for ourselves. These gifts actually belong to Jesus, but they're for the church. Is this making sense at all? Right. So they are for today. We need them today, but we need all of them operating in the church at one time because we all need the equipping gifts in every area. We need the prophet operating here. We need the evangelist operating. We need the shepherd gifts operating here. We need the teaching gift 
operating here. Amen, somebody. And they are given so that the church can be equipped. Now, I'm going to break that down a whole lot more uh, a little bit later because we're going to break down those ascension gifts. We're going to talk about each one of them, why they are important, and we want you to know that you may have that gift operating in your life. One of the things that we learn, and I got to say this real fast because I got a lot to share with you, is that we are less human beings but more human becomings. Because we are becoming what Christ has called us to be. Amen, somebody. And the reason I say that is in John chapter 1, verse 12, I'm going to read it for you. It says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. So in other words, God gave us power to become something. Somebody say power. power. Say, yeah, that's okay. So, so God gave us power to become something. Somebody say power. Okay, so God gave us power to become something. Somebody say power. power. Okay, y'all almost say God gave us power to become something. Somebody say power. power. See, God brought you from something to something. He brought you out of darkness, and he's translating you into the kingdom of his dear son. So he gave you power so that he can bring you from something to something. Amen, somebody. So you are becoming what God has called you to be. Ow! Say, you're not, you're not done yet. God, I got to put you back in the oven. You got to bake a little more. Come on, somebody. So he has more for you to do, in other words. So, so we got to learn that. So this is, this is what we, 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 we shared this a month ago. We became his son at the new birth, but we are becoming more like him as a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit and his word. So the moment you got saved, you became his son. You were adopted into the kingdom of God. You are no longer an orphan. See, an orphan don't know who his daddy is. See, too many Christians come in the church don't know who your daddy is. So you got to know who your daddy is, otherwise you're an orphan. But see, we've been adopted. Whereby we cry, Abba, Romans 8. So since we've been adopted into the kingdom, now we're heirs with God. Come on, say it with me. And join heirs with Jesus Christ. So we're in the family now. So in other words, we have an inheritance from our father. So you shouldn't be running around here, oh, God, I wish I had this, and I wish I had that. Well, your daddy got it. He's got it all. And you just got to break down and go to your father. Listen, listen, God has it all. He don't mind you having things, by the way, saints of God. He don't mind you being blessed. You think God minds you living in a nice house? He don't mind you driving a nice car. I think we can go overboard with it when we take God's things over the king. Amen. He doesn't mind you having things. He minds things having you. Right? He can bless you today. He trusts you, right? And so you can have all of those things, but make sure you put God first. Right? He don't mind you wearing nice clothes and all that stuff, saints of God. I don't believe in that poverty, poverty preaching. But I, I also don't believe in that prosperity preaching either. I believe that God wants us to be prosperous, but I don't believe the message that you, when you got saved, God wants you to be rich. Because rich in their definition is money. I'm already rich. I might not have all the money right now. Because, see, I'm rich in Jesus, and if I got wisdom and understanding in him, he can show me how to get the money. Right? But you, you might not have any wisdom. He gives you the money, and you lose the money because you have no wisdom. Right. Amen? You, you can take people like, like where I'm from. You can, you can be in a, a low-resource area, and then you can take that person. You can give him a little money, and in six months, they broke again. 
Why? Because you change the environment, but you didn't change the mentality. And so you can always change that environment, but if you don't change the way you think. Okay, let me take it a step further. I told you if you don't say a good amen, I'm a dig. So let me take it a step further. When God brought you out of darkness and into the kingdom of his dear son, now your mind has to be changed. That's why he said your, not, your mind has to be renewed. Hello, somebody. Because your mind has to drive your heart. And once your heart is in it, it'll tell your mind what to do. That's why he deals with the mind, the battlefield of the mind. That mind is where your wisdom and your want-tos and your wills are. And if you don't get into the word of God, your mind will tell your heart. If you get into the word of God, your mind will tell your heart where to go. That's why your mind has to be renewed with the word of God because the word of God will take you in the direction of God. Amen. All right, so we're still becoming saints of God. Amen. Are you seeing that with me? All right. Now, check this out. My people just destroy for the lack of knowledge. This is why I like to have educational opportunities for this church. And as you can see, I don't charge you $100 to get here. Right? Because it ain't about that at all. You just need to get here to get it. But people perish for the lack of knowledge. And because of the lack of knowledge, we got a lot of people that are deceived right now. I'm not going to get into that right now. I'm going to wait till a little bit further on that. So the fivefold ministry was given by Jesus Christ so that the body of Christ could be matured and not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Man, let me tell you something. It is amazing how people started off as a Christian and now they believe in some cult. Isn't that amazing? You know what happened? They never matured. They were still a baby. And so as a baby, let me tell you something about a baby. A baby loves milk. It doesn't matter what kind of milk it is, usually. They just want milk. So if the milk comes from Scientology, black Hebrew Israelites, seventh day, it doesn't matter. They're just drinking. Why? Because they were never strong enough in the word of God to know what's wrong. I just read you in the book of Hebrews to discern what's right or wrong. Amen. And when we don't mature, our senses can't discern which way to go and which way is God and which way is not. Amen. That's why it's important for us to grow up in the house of the Lord. The people, they are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. And that's why he takes us from something to something. Right? We go from milk, sincere milk, meat, strong meat, spiritual meat. You see the progression here. We go from babes, children, young men, men, fathers. Right? It's all in the word of God. No faith, little faith, great faith, strong faith, the God kind of faith. It's all progression. Amen? I want you to see this before I get into all of the fundamentals. Um, and so now let's do this. Hebrews 6 and 1. Therefore, leaving the elementary, funda- the elementary or fundamental teachings about Christ, let us move on to maturity, right? So the first thing we talked about is this, repentance from dead works. That's the first doctrine that we need to understand because, unfortunately, a lot of people don't understand what repentance is, right? And, and, and listen, let me, let me just say this with caution, and I say this, I'm trying to say this with the right heart. Just because you say a sinner's prayer don't make you saved, Right? There has to be repentance. Somebody say repentance. repentance. There has to be repentance first. You have to repent of your sins. That is the first 
fundamental doctrine, repentance from dead works. There are a lot of dead works that we have in our lives. Traditionalism can be a dead work. You know your devotional can be a dead work because you put your devotional above everything else. You put your devotional above God. Your job can be a dead work. You put your job before God. Anything you put before God is a dead work. Amen? And so repentance has to be key. So here, let me break that word repentance down for you so you understand what it is. Repentance means to change your disposition towards life and reality, to have a transformed default setting about what's important. See, your default setting was changed at when they ate the forbidden fruit. See, before the forbidden fruit, the default setting was towards God. That's why when they were in unity as they walked uh, in the ruach of the day, in the spirit of the day. Come on, somebody. I'm taking you back to Genesis. I'm talking fast, but you got to listen fast. Amen? And so they walked before the fall. They walked together. They were in unison with one another because their default setting was always God. They always depended on God. God was their source. But after they ate the forbidden fruit, what did they do? They covered up, right? So the default setting was changed now from God to themselves. Why? Because they wanted to be just like God. So the default setting, and unfortunately, we were all born into that. So when we were born, we were all born little sinners. Right? That's why a baby, a baby, you don't have to tell a baby to close their hands. Why? Because they're little selfish little things. They come out selfish. Right? But that's my toy. Who taught that baby that? Nobody. Why? Inherently, that we come out sinners, saints of God. Come on, somebody. You act like you wasn't like that. And you have to teach a baby to open their hands. Well, what, what does that come from? The default setting was changed. And so Christ died on the cross so that we can receive his forgiveness through redemption as we repent and receive the propitiatory work of Christ on the cross. Amen. So when we do that, saints of God, then our default setting changes. Now our trust, our source, our protection, our correction is all in him now. It's back, it's back to the Father. So you can't trust in your own strength because they that trust in the arm of the flesh are cursed. You have to trust in God's strength. Come on, somebody. Because if you don't understand this, you won't understand how to go into the next principle. Right? So, now, I said all that. You got to go listen to the podcast for the rest of it. So, the next principle is faith towards God. Now that you're in God, now you got to have faith towards God. Because just because you get in there, that don't mean you can stay. The Bible says now you got to work out your salvation. I'm telling you, it's harder working it out, too. Come on, saints of God. I guarantee you one thing. It was easier for me to get saved than to stay saved. It's hard staying saved. I'm it's hard wanting to do right all the time. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me, let me make this personal. Let, this is John Lofton talking. It's hard for John Lofton to do right all the time. I mean, come on. You work with folks. Don't y'all work with people? People, people can be interesting. I, 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 I'm using that word. <laughs> People can be interesting, right? And sometimes, saints of God, hallelujah. 
Sometimes they try you. Glory to God. Sometimes you just got to get out of the area and go for a walk. Amen, somebody. I got two people that know what I'm talking about. And sometimes, man, I have to walk out of the office and just take me a walk. And I, I got to get my mind together. Amen, somebody. Right? Because I know, I know I want to do the right thing. Now, the old John Lofton, I would have already cussed him out. I'm talking about the old John Lofton. I, I would make up cuss words. I would combine cuss words. They ain't make any sense. I would just put them together and cuss you out. Amen? Why? Because I had that old filthy, ratted mouth. It's, a, it's amazing to me how many Christians still cussing. No, I, I ain't talking about you just slip one out. I'm talking about you cuss all the time. <laughs> right. Amen. You just, you just got a potty mouth. Amen? At some point, you got to consecrate that mouth. Amen? And so this is what I'm talking about, saints. So now that we have repented, now we got to have faith towards God because now we got to figure out how to work this thing out. We got to make sure that we can take what's in here and apply it to what's in here so that we can take it out there. You need me to say that one more time? See, we got to take from what's, what's in here, the word of God. The, the immutable, the engrafted in, in, in word of God, we got to take what's in here, place it in here so that we can use it out there. Amen. And so it takes work. It's going to take some work to do that, saints of God. And so check this out. Check this out. So here's the first, the first scripture I want to give you, 1 Peter 1.13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Gird up the loins of your mind. Didn't I just say something about your mind? Because this is the first place it starts, right here. It don't start, you, you can go to church and you can, you can prophesy, you can, you, can, you, can, you can speak in tongues, you can do all that stuff. But boy, if you don't do something about this mind, you are wasting your time. He said, you got to gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. And I had to underline this because it touched my heart when I read this morning. Rest your hope fully. You know what that is? Faith towards God. I'm standing on this thing. Now that I'm in here, I'm standing here. Ain't nobody, you're going to have to drag me out of here. Amen? Oh, no, 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 no. I didn't get in here just to be playing games. I got in here to stay. I got in here to make a difference in the world. I got in here to be a better father, a better pastor, a better husband, a better friend, a better man of God. Somebody say, I just want to be better. He said, rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. No man, let me, let, let me put it this way. Without a revelation from God, no man will change. Just think about the people you talk to who, who somehow say that I don't have to be saved. Right? Because they haven't gotten a revelation yet. Without a revelation from God, you're not going to change. You're not going to change. I'm telling you, I was one of the most defiant ones ever. But when I got a revelation of Jesus Christ, oh, that changed everything. Because then I knew for myself he was real. I didn't have to be convinced by somebody else. And see, this is why a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. I don't have to argue with you. I've experienced Jesus. I I've heard his voice. I, I know that when I was at the point of giving up, that he was the one that came and, and wrapped his loving arms around me and told me that I couldn't give up, that he's got my back. 
See, I've experienced that. And so because I have an experience, I'm never at the mercy of a man with an argument. A man with an argument, you're just talking out of what you think you know, what's ethereal and theory. No, no, I don't talk ethereal and theory. I talk reality. The reality is, oh, I know me some Jesus. Yeah, because nobody in this room was on that table when I was getting radiation. Not, not nary one of you, right? When he was talking in my ear to tell me not to give up when I wanted to quit. See, I'm not talking about when you're on the mountain. I'm talking about when you're in the valley. See, you don't get to hear his voice very much when you're on the mountaintop. But when you're down in the valley of the, of the shadow of darkness, that's when you got to hear his voice with clarity. Because you're at the point, you're at the precipice of saying, Jesus, oh, I'm about to give up on this thing, Lord. And he said, no, you can't quit. Man didn't call you. I did. Boy, when you get that, that's a revelation from Jesus Christ. When I got that revelation, I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I might, I might start off slow. But if you don't give up on me, I'm going to keep on going. And this church is still open today because I kept on going. So let me tell you something, saints. Because I got a revelation from God, I can't let man stop what God is doing. Because you have a revelation from God, it, circumstances can't stop you. Your money can't stop you. Your friends can't stop you. Your family members can't stop you. Your job can't stop you. Your career can't stop you. Why? Because, first of all, let me tell you something. We already learned in Jeremiah chapter 1 that we, before he formed us in the belly, he knew us. Amen, somebody. And then you go on to Jeremiah 29, 11. He said, the plans that I have towards you are good and not evil. So he had to plan for you before you was ever born. Amen. I can't go back into that. Amen. So, so we got to have a revelation from God so that we can move out in faith. The imminent return of Christ should motivate us to live each day getting to know him and to make him known. So this is what you call to do, to know him and to make him known. That's what you call to do. That's simple, isn't it? To know him and to make him known. Paul said, that I may know him. <laughs> Not just in the power of his resurrection, but also in the fellowship of his suffering. Yeah, you can know him in the power of his resurrection. Yes, that's awesome. You know what that is? That's when you got saved, the power of his resurrection. You felt the power of his resurrection. But in the fellowship of his suffering is when you got to go through a little something, something. See, that's when you really get to know him intimately. Right? When the friends left you and people stabbing you in the back, talking about you. Right? When you don't understand, you help somebody and they cut you. Yeah, 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 that happens. And see, in the, in, in the fellowship of the suffering, that's where you learn how to stay in there with God. Amen, somebody. All right, let me give you some more of this book. See, the invisible God intended to be visible on the earth through his son, and the earth would come to know the Father through the son. To do so, the son had to place his entire life in the hands of the Father. And his pattern was meant to be replicated in each Christian who wants to mature as a son. So in other words, you already know, Jesus said, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Right? Jesus gave his whole life over to the Father. Our lives are to be replicated. We are to give our whole lives unto Jesus. 
Hello, somebody. See, you notice he said, I commit my spirit. Jesus was committed to the end. See, let me tell you about commitment. Let me tell you what commitment is. No, let me tell you what commitment isn't. Commitment is not saying you're going to do something and then you fail to do it. That's not commitment. You say you're going to do something, and then at the last minute, you back out. That's not commitment. Oh, I hope somebody's getting convicted. That's okay. You can get convicted. Right? Commitment is not saying that you're going to pray for somebody, and you never do it. That's not commitment. The Bible says it's best that you not commit, (laughs) and then you go back and do it, than to commit and don't do it. Amen? Don't make vows that that you can't hold up to, guys. If you, if you can't pray, tell them, I can't, I can't pray tonight, but I'll get you this week. Just be honest about it, amen? Right? Right? So commitment is you're going to do exactly what you said you were going to do when you're going to do it. Baby, I'm going to be at the school at 5 o'clock. Not 5.15, not 5.30, because your baby is looking at the watch, and it's 5 o'clock, and you're not there. That's because you're not committed. Amen. Amen. And you know what you sow into that child? Non-committal spirits. Well, my dad is never on time. My mama's never on time. That's commitment. Commitment is I get up early enough so that I can pray and be prepared for you. Now, I'm not going to tell you what time I get up. It's like my grandmama say, for dawn. <laughs> I don't quite know what time that is, but I know it's early. So, I have to get up early enough. It doesn't matter what time I went to bed Saturday night because usually I get into bed Saturday night, 12, 1 o'clock sometimes. But because I'm committed, it doesn't matter. God will give me the grace to do what I have to do, saints of God. Now, what's interesting is a lot, okay, God, I don't even know why. Okay, all right, all right, all right, okay, 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 okay. So what's interesting is That people say, oh, I love God with all of my heart, right? I'm committed to him. However, you can get to work on time and work for Pharaoh. Y'all know who Pharaoh is. You in there making bricks. (laughs) I go make bricks. I'll be making bricks in the morning. (laughs) I have a Pharaoh, too. Do Do I need to explain who Pharaoh is? Okay, all right, good, because that's your boss. And get, check this out. If you don't show up, just not show up a couple of times, what's going to happen? See, I think, I think sometimes, <laughs> see, I think sometimes that because you volunteer to come to church, so, oh, see, wait a minute, wait, I ain't finished yet, let me finish. <laughs> Y'all stop. You somehow think that that's less important when you ask God for something. God is not going to judge you how committed you are in your job. Now, first, he's going to ask you, how committed are you to my work first? Because if you're not committed to his work, then he can take away your work. How many of you ever lost a job? 
Boy, that thing hurt, don't it? I don't care. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care if you pray for eight hours a day. You lose a job, you're like, man, you're walking out of there like, golly. I know for me, I'm walking out like, man, I'm going to call a lane. <laughs> Good gracious. Right? Because I, I want to take care of my family. Right? I don't want to lose a job. I mean, that, that, most men are going to depression, even though they won't say it. Right? Because we have that innate in us that we want to take care of our families. Right? Because the Bible says if a man don't work, he won't eat. So you got to work. Right? And I love to eat too, brother. You can look at me and tell. Right? And so we have to be committed to the things of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Everybody's there with me? So listen, don't let me be more committed than you. That's all I'm saying. Everybody in the house of God should be committed. The leaders shouldn't be no more committed than everybody in the church. This, listen, that's why I don't, titles don't matter. We're all co-laborers in the Lord. Amen? Right? So, so that means if titles don't matter, I got all that out of the way because that takes away your excuse to say, well, they're a leader. So you can't even say that anymore. I just took that away from you because we're all brothers. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, we're all brothers. Amen. I said, we're all brothers. There ain't no title in that brother stuff. So as brothers, we all should be committed on the same level. Somebody say maturity. Is this making sense at all? All right, you want a little bit more? Okay, let me give you this. Galatians 3.25. Now, you know I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures because when you preach the word, you got to give the word. Amen? I've never been one of those give you one verse and then we preach for three hours on one verse. And then we come back to the verse for that last ten minutes. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that anybody does that. I'm just saying that that's not what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Galatians 3.25, now that faith has come, faith towards God, right? Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. What's the law? That's Old Testament. I'm going somewhere with this. We are no longer under supervision of the law. You are all sons of God through faith, not through the law. You are sons of God through what? Faith, not through the law. Let me say it one more time. You are sons of God through and not because of the law. You can't get to God unless you have faith in Jesus Christ. I don't care if you believe the law or not. Unless you have faith in Jesus, you can't get to the Father. Now, I'm going somewhere with this because some people think they can keep the law and live. But the Bible is clear. No man has ever kept the law but Jesus. And so the only way to get to the Father is to get through the man who kept the law. All right, let me give you another one. Romans 3.20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The only reason God had to bring the law is to see how far we've missed him. So when you judge yourself based on the law, you know you've missed it because you know you've lied before. Right? So, so, so when people say, I'm a good person, well, compared to what? You, you good compared to what? Well, let's compare that to God. 
I'm a good person. Well, well, I'm a good person. I'm going to go to heaven. Well, well, hold on there, Bubba Lewis. Because just because you do good things, you, 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 you're a good person, you're a philanthropist, you give away cars, and you do all this stuff on TV to get recognition, and so you get all of that, they ain't going to guarantee you anything. Right? You, you hearing me here, saints? There are people today who think they can keep the law, and somehow they're doing what's, what God wants them to do. Well, let me ask you this question. If we could keep the law, why did Jesus have to come and die? Are, are you guys catching this with me? Because you're going to hear some stuff out there who people going back to believe in the law. And they're going to die and go to hell. Why? Because in the law, Jesus ain't in there. All right, if you don't believe that, check this one out. Galatians, let me give you another witness. Galatians 3.11. But that no one is justified. You see that word justified? Declared righteous. You cannot be declared righteous just believing the law. And by the way, if you believe the law, why aren't you slaughtering animals? Because that's what they did. Right? That's how they had to get out of their sins, right? And it was just rolled away. It wasn't even roll, rolled out. It was rolled away for one year, and you had to do that every year. And who's the high priest? Who's going to do that for you, Hebrew? Who's, who's killing the animals? Right? Because you gotta, you got to keep the whole law. Right? Because if you don't keep the whole law, you've, you've already violated all of the law. James, James, the book of James tells us if you try to keep the law and miss one point, you violated the whole law. Let me read the rest of this. You are not declared, you, no one is justified or declared righteous by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just faith towards God. That's how we are to live. See, as a new Christian, you should understand that, right? You got to have faith, faith that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. He's not some white man's God. Can't nobody tell me what his color is. You might think he's black. Who told you he was black? Who said he was white with blue eyes? Who said that? Because what I read in my Bible, his eyes was red, like the flames of fire. But did you know fire can get so hot that it turns blue? <laughs> and my thought is, who cares? I don't care what color he is. He saved my crazy behind. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if he's purple with dots. I don't care. I'm like, Jesus, yes! <laughs> I didn't know you were red. <laughs> you know what? I don't care. Who cares? Because, see, when you start putting that race stuff in there, race will separate you. And don't you know we got all kinds of races in us? We all came from, from Noah's son. Man, there's so many people in and out of our families. Ain't nobody pure black. Ain't no pure white. Aryans ain't pure white. Oh, we for the white race. Bro, you got black folks in your family. You come against your own family. Right? Ain't no pure Latino. We all come from one blood in the book of Acts. Amen? That's why the church should look just like this right here. 
There should not be no all-black church, no all-Korean church. We should all have a multiplicity of a nation, traps, and tongues in the house of God. Now, that's the true church. Because I don't preach a black gospel or a white gospel. I preach the truth of the gospel that can save every man. I tell people, I know the man that can save every man. Amen. I don't mean to scream from my behalf. I got a little excited there for a second. <laughs> Amen. So, so what I'm saying here, saints of God, we got to have faith in Jesus. And if you come in with this racial stuff, then that's going to mess up your, your little broke up mind. And when your mind is broke, then you know what? You're going to be following the wrong God. Amen. That's why I'm not here to convince you. I'm here to give you the truth. The Holy Spirit will do the convincing if you know how to hear his voice. Amen. So I'm going to give you this last thing, and then we're going to pray. All right? I didn't, I'm a, I didn't finish up. I'll finish up next week. All right. Let me give you all this last one, right? Because we're talking about, say, say it with me, faith towards God. Say it. That's the, that's the second principle, faith towards God. After you, learn, after you learn what repentance is and you repent, now you got to learn to have faith towards God. So l- let me tell you why faith is important. Without it, without faith, it is what? Impossible. Say it again. Impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. But he who comes to God must believe that he is. And if you don't believe that he is, it's impossible. No man can convince you. You got to have a revelation of Jesus Christ. That's why the Holy Ghost does this work. I just give you the truth. The revelation comes by the spirit. That's why Jesus said the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. That's why I preach out of my spirit to you, because that's my life. I've been committed to this thing. And he is, oh, my God, my God, my God. See, this is why you want to be committed to him. Because he is what? A rewarder of them who do what? Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Diligently. What do you think that word means? consistently the same as commitment. So wait a minute now. Jesus says that he is a rewarder. So in other words, he said, I'll bless you on your diligence. So let me help somebody in here right now. You've been fighting and doing things behind the scenes. You've been taking your last to help folks. Let me tell you something. There is a reward coming your way. Why? Because you've been diligent. Because, see, diligent people do stuff nobody else knows about it. You've been diligent to the work of God. You've been diligent to your family. You've been diligent to do the things that God has called you to do. Even though nobody has paid you any attention about it, God says, I see. And he is the rewarder. Somebody say, he's a rewarder. Somebody say, I want my reward. That means you better be diligent. Amen. Amen. Because, see, listen, I want my rewards. I don't want to go through all of this and then miss something. Amen. I I don't know about you, saints, but I want all that God has for me. I don't want to miss out on anything. Did you want you want all of it? Okay. 
So, so listen, I'm going to stop right here because I do have some more I want to share with you, but we're going to stop right here. Amen. Y'all know how I do it. I ain't gonna, I'm not going to rush any messages. We're going to get it all. Amen. So we're going to stop right here because now we got repentance from dead works and we got faith towards God. We're going to cover these uh, Wednesday night in Bible class. So we're going to come to Bible class. And we're gonna, I'm going to break it down even more. So be here Wednesday night so that we can talk about it a little bit further. Because if you don't understand these fundamental doctrines, you can't mature as a Christian. And you'll still be considered a babe. Even though you're sitting in the house of God for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and you're still a babe because you don't understand what's supposed to be fundamental. So in other words, Paul said, I got to take you back to elementary school. You can't even go to college. So we're all going to go on to maturity. Amen. How many of you will be committed to go on to maturity? Amen. I think that's about all of you. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina, 28079, or on the web, c3churchnc.org, or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org.